Welcome to episode 32 of the RXP podcast, where three working professionals talk about the video games, movies, and TV shows that they love to enjoy in their free time. I'm Alex. Today, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, my trophy hunting cohort, Matt. What's going on? And my beloved sister, Tiffany. Eternals is coming! That was a really nice intro, Alex. That was very nice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, I, it's been a while since we were last recorded. A little, you know, behind the scenes for the listeners out there. And so I just wanted to, to bring us back together for this, this newest episode. Uh, and for today's topic, we'll be talking about sequels. And so you might be asking yourself, okay, so sequels, that's a very broad question. Like, what is a sequel? And I hope that part of today's discussion and what you can take away from today's episode is at least how we view sequels and kind of what we think should or shouldn't be in a sequel. But before we get to the main topic, we're going to start off with a game as you know, Matt's favorite way to start off the podcast. Yes. And so this game is along the similar lines of plot points. So in this case, in particular, I'll be asking or slowly one by one describing a character that has appeared in a sequel. Oh. And so I so per character, I will list specifically whether like what they're from. So whether it's like a TV show or movie or game. And so the contestants will be able to uh, narrow their kind of field of internal searching for the answer that way. Um, but yes, yeah, so these are characters that have appeared in sequels, but not necessarily they've only appeared in sequels. It's just that they've at least appeared in a sequel. Got so it. So that's the theme. And specifically, I will be looking for the name of the character. So not like what they're from or anything. So if you're there, but you're not quite there, you know, just hold off on your guess. You don't want to reveal it to the opponent, right? Matt's trying to get another point on the board and you know, claws way closer to, to Tiffany in the number one spot in a running total here uh, and leave me in the dust. So hopefully he can do that today. I have a question. First and yes. last name of the character. I will take just first name. Excellent. So if, like the name that they're known by. Okie dokie. Yeah. All right. So for the first one, this character's from a movie and the first clue describing them is Rapier. This is going to be tough. <clears throat> no clues? Nope. Or no guesses? No guesses No clues. Or no guesses. All right. So the second clue is small. Puss in Boots. Correct. What? Yes. Gets you on the board. get out of here listen yeah yeah always have to have shrek on your mind at least every day (laughs) (laughs) i am wow that is amazing four points to matt after rapier and small i'm and he didn't even say small he said small you know i can't even yeah, it was was a S M A L L small, not an S M O L small. I, oh goodness me! And just to run through the others and you know uh, other clues, it would be companion, orange, and then animal. Mm. So hopefully you would have gotten at that point. Um, 
But yeah, good job, Matt. You're like you said, get Shrek on the mind. So yeah, for reference, appeared in Shrek Two, which released in two thousand four. Great movie, you know. Um, was it so the, good by Bonnie? Was Bonnie Tyler? I got a hero. That's that rendition of that song. I love that song in the movie, and it was such a great action sequence towards the end of the movie. You forgot Amazing. the most important fact about Puss in Boots, voiced by Antonio Banderas. Exactly, and I was thinking about including that as a clue, but I thought that'd be way too direct. So yes. the reason I got to Puss in Boots so quickly is because when you said rapier, I was like, could it be Zorro? And then I was thinking of Zorro, and then you said small, oh. and I was like, small Zorro, Puss in Boots. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. That's exactly what I want the thought process to be, so you did well. All right, so four points to Matt. All right. Next character from a game. This will be a game character. And the first clue is performer. I kind of want to guess. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to pain. No, that is incorrect. Dang it. You said pain? Yeah. It's from a game? Uh, from- well, we'll leave the, I'll leave her answer. I know what she's talking about. I'll okay. leave it at that. Okay. The second clue is heterochromia. What is this clue? Because you're saying this character first shows up? No, no. They've appeared in a sequel. Okay. I, I, cl- I clarified at the beginning they didn't have okay. the first Okay, then my guess is Yuna. That is correct. Okay. Tiffany gets four points. It is indeed Yuna, and the game I was referencing was Final Fantasy X-2, which released in 2003. Okay. Uh, and, and the following clues would have been Gunner, because you know her one of her primary uh, styles in Final Fantasy X-2 is she wields dual pistols, ooh. and she's also a summoner from you know mm. describing her previous life in Final Fantasy X. And Spira, the world that they're from. So I guess, yeah, I guess Pain, because Pain was like part of the girl group. Like she was the third character in Final Fantasy X-2 that joins Yuna and Riku. And so when he said performer, you know, the opening sequence of that game is like iconic. So I thought... He was. Ta- I thought he was. This game was about characters that like first shows up in a sequel. Mm. Like Puss and Boost first shows up in Shrek Two. Gotcha. So I. That's why I went to Pain because she first shows up in Ten Two. Yeah, I've never even heard of Pain or Una. <laughs> so Una. I was like Pain. Oh, yep, that too. You know, I haven't <laughs> heard of either of them. Um, when you said Pain, I immediately thought that you were talking about um, Nagato from Naruto. Oh. Like Pain. Yeah. Like the main villain. And I was like, yeah. wait, did he say game? Like, I guess Naruto the game is like, <laughs> maybe. Well, in that case, I feel like I could have done something from Boruto, I guess, because that is a sequel Ooh. to Naruto. Yeah. Or I guess Shippuden is a sequel to Naruto. I think so. It's like the second season. Yeah. But yeah. Man, we, get, we can mince there. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're tied up. Four points apiece. Each of the, my co-hosts here getting the characters on the second clue. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they can uh, pull away here with this third character. And the, this character is from a movie. Mm-hmm. And the first clue is world war two. Hmm. 
Interesting. Private Ryan. No, that's that's no, not even a sequel. What am I, I thinking? I'm okay. I'm gonna say Magneto. That is incorrect. Oh, that's a good that's a good clue though. I I get it. Right. Or a good guess. All right. Second clue. Maybe this will this will be the kicker. Brainwashed. Okay, I'm gonna guess. I don't know that. See, I don't know that you got the war right. If I'm gonna guess, Bucky. That's correct. Isn't is was uh, it was World were they not in World War Two or is that World War One? I? I thought it was World War One. I. I... I thought it was World War II. Oh, maybe it is. Okay. Maybe it is World War II. Okay. With the Red but Skull. Hitler was correct. the main guy. Because it was yeah. Germany. Okay. Yeah. Bucky. Right. Nice. All right. That is correct. Bucky Barnes. Or I would have taken Winter Soldier. Mm. Uh, and obviously, I'm referring to Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which debuted 2014. Uh, Excellent. The other clues describing him that hopefully you would have gotten were friend. Hmm. And then metal arm. Yeah. <laughs> and then Hydra. Okay. Oh, Hydra. Wow, All fake right, fan here. So. I got the wars mixed up. But but you pulled ahead. Yeah. You pulled ahead. You're ahead that's, of Matt. That's, that's, all, it's, that's all that counts. Yeah. It's eight to four now. So, But we got two more questions to go. Hopefully Matt can at least tie it up maybe, and then we'll go into that get, quintessential tiebreaker. Get that drama coming. All right. So this fourth character is from a game. And the first clue is leader. Leader in a sequel. I'm just going to... I'm going to guess Sora. That is incorrect. I'm going to guess Commander Shepard. That is incorrect. I went for it. All right. So both of uh, Echo is taking their first guess on the first clue. The second clue... Silver and or gray hair, or I guess silver or gray hair. I don't know which one you want to describe, but silver slash gray hair. Sephiroth. That is incorrect. Uh, lightning. That is incorrect. Lightning has pink hair. Well, I know lightning has pink hair. Oh, okay. yeah, but I guess I was thinking of someone else in that game. But then sure, I went back sure. to lightning. All right. So I guess we're moving on. I just wow. don't know how to play this game, apparently. I changed the rules the, in my the mind. The first character that they haven't gotten by the second clue. We're going to the third clue here. <laughs> Looking at this clue, maybe you guys won't get it here. Um, third clue is beam weapons. Beam weapons. Leader. What beam was the, weapons. What was the second? Huh. Oh, silver or gray hair. Yeah, beam silver or gray hair. Weapons. Beam weapons. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. All right, we're moving on to the fourth clue. You know, worth only two points if you get it at this point. Black coat. Black coat. Silver hair. Zimnis. That is correct, oh. Matt. The character is Zemnis. Oh, I should have. We should have gone that earlier. Dang! No, I wouldn't. You have you were that. actually pretty close with with uh, Sora. Sora. <laughs> yeah, when you said Sora, I was like, "Oh, you're already in the ballpark." <laughs> um, but yes, 
Zemnis from Kingdom Hearts 2, which released in 2005. You know, as uh, some of you out there might know, you know, we're big fans of Kingdom Hearts here on the RxP podcast. So, of course, I had to include a Kingdom Hearts character and who none other than to pick the leader of Organization 13 himself, mm-hmm. Zemnis. You know, and I guess I'm not sure if you guys were too familiar, but remember that. During his boss fight, he wields beam weapons. Yeah. There's that How could you iconic scene where it's you and Riku fighting off like all the beam like beams coming at you and like they're both wielding their keyblades deflecting the, them, so So cool. Uh, and then he yeah. like spams and, it in Kingdom Hearts three. It's ridiculous, but yeah. Yep. And the final clue would have been nobody. Ooh. Mm. So hopefully you would have at least gotten it by that point. All right, so we're to the final character. It's it's still anybody's game. I mean, yeah. right now, Tiffany's at eight points. Matt's at six points. Really, as long as, Matt, you get this before the third clue, or at least by the third clue, you can pull ahead. Yep. You can take this round. So, it's a good battle. Tiffany, it's a good it's up battle. To you to, yeah, to maintain your lead. All right, so the final character from a movie the first clue is wise gandalf that is incorrect oh should i just go dumbledore that is also incorrect okay okay all right second clue master yoda that is correct man oh! you did it on the second clue. yes <laughs> This is the way. Oh my goodness. Congrats. And you pull sir. ahead 12 to 8 and oh, you take the man. win for this game. What do you mean 12 to indeed... 8? You said he had 6 points earlier. Okay, oh, okay. 10 to 8. Jesus Christ. I didn't lose that badly, okay? I didn't major in math. So. <laughs> yeah, he did not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So indeed it was Yoda, the Jedi master himself. You know, and I'm referring to he appears right in The Empire Strikes Back, which released in 1980. And so the third clue, you know, the following clues, third clue would have been short. Fourth clue would have been green. And then, you know, obviously the final clue would have been Jedi. Nice. So hopefully you would have uh, gotten it by that point. Yeah, Matt, you come back. You, t- you take it with uh, Yoda. Nice. The force is with you. It feels good. It feels good. <laughs> great so that that brings us to the close of a another rousing game and let me take a quick peek at our score line here so that brings tiffany up to five or staying at five total wins so far in the games we've played bringing matt up to two wins now leaving me in dead last with one win so and we'll, we'll keep you listeners up there up to date as we play more games going into the future, but that is the current scoreline. So thanks for playing. And now we're moving on to the to the main topic. So sequels. Let me just say that that was a really good game, Alex. You did a really good job like putting that together. Thank you. Like instead of just yeah, going like the easy like sequel, like name the sequel or something, like characters in the sequel. Well done. It was good. Real fun. Yeah. I had fun. Alright. Until so, I lost sequels. Oh, yeah, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe you can win in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, so sequels, my co-hosts, 
how do you define a sequel? Like, what is a sequel to you? So definitely an interesting question because I was curious. I was like, does a spinoff count as a sequel? Is it not a sequel? I, what I really think constitutes a sequel is I would imagine that we're still following a storyline of a character or characters that um, started their story in a previous film game mm. or book. That is what my definition of a sequel was. Now, there is a show that I have on my list that does not follow the rules that I have just stated. <laughs> but I feel like it almost constitutes a sequel. And I think, is it okay if I talk about yeah, that what's, particular what's show? Yeah, what's the show? So I'm talking about Legend of Korra. So there's Avatar The Last Airbender, which was a a show that lasted for about three seasons. And then The Legend of Korra came out, which takes place 100 years in the or like I think about or 80 years in the future of Mm. the same world as Avatar The Last Airbender. And you have a few characters that were in the original uh, such as Katara. Katara is an old lady in this in this show, and then you also have the children of Aang, the last Airbender, in Legend of Korra. Um, by children, I guess I mean child. Um, he has a son, and that son is an Airbender. And so, you know, there's very few Airbenders in 80 years in the future. You know, they're still trying to populate, mm-hmm. repopulate the world. But, um, you know, the next <laughs> Avatar is learning Airbending from Aang's son. So I feel like Legend of Korra is a sequel to, you know, the last Avatar, even though Aang is not in the show. I mean, technically, like thematically he physically can't be in the show if we're literally talking about the next avatar because Mm -hmm. the next avatar exists because Aang has passed away um so you know personally for me i prefer legend of korra over avatar the last airbender and i feel like uh the show i guess it's mainly because she's a strong female character and it was really neat seeing where other other characters kind of moved forward after you know learning about their lives as children you know Toph has a daughter who is also a badass woman um earthbender in Legend of Korra it was just really nice seeing more storyline of the world Mm -hmm. and I I very much enjoyed it um it also I think was around three seasons I, I think it would constitute as a sequel because it shares the same universe, one, but it also shares some characters as the first series. Mm-hmm. But, like, th- the way I get hazy on it is, like, when we start talking about, like, games that don't follow, I you know, my mind immediately goes to games. Mm-hmm. When they don't follow a one, two, three order, mm-hmm. like, I immediately thought of Bioshock 1 and 2 as direct sequels. And then Bioshock Infinite happens in the same universe, shares a lot of the same gameplay, shares some story similarities, but it's not a direct sequel. But in my mind, I have always thought of Bioshock Infinite as a sequel, but maybe it's more of an indirect. So I don't know if it's easier to like say direct and indirect sequels, like if they happen 
straight away and it's the same storyline then maybe it would be direct mm-hmm. i think I, I definitely think legend of Korra. i've never watched it i actually just finished the last airbender the first series just recently oh. um so i have been meaning to start it but i feel like from what everyone else has been telling me it i think everyone classifies it as a sequel but as far as spin-offs go, like more of that indirect sequel, like living in that same world, I feel like it kind of gets a little bit a little bit gray. Um, but even, you know, something like Assassin's Creed where they don't share similar worlds, they do share that actual modern day world that kind of goes throughout the series, which I've been very separated from the past like few instances of assassin's creed so maybe alex can fill in the blanks on what's happened since egypt (laughs) but like we've always followed the one dude in the modern world right even though like the animus took him to different ancestors that are in different worlds you still have that that lining of the main world that i would classify as a sequel so i don't know has the more modern assassin's creed games have they been following the same like dude in the modern world is that a spoiler yeah so i haven't finished valhalla but yeah essentially desmond's story which is i think who you're referencing desmond miles which is the modern day character he actually passes in assassin's creed 3 so that i think is the the end of like him being the modern character you follow but at least for the current trilogy, so Origins, Odyssey, Valhalla, there's a new uh, female protagonist that you follow in the in the uh, modern day era. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so that's kind of like the linking shell between all the um, what's going on, kind of using the animus as the right kind of jump into the past. And here's like what's happening in this, you know, Egypt and then Greece and now mm-hmm. England um, aesthetic versus kind of pulling you back out to the modern day and say, Hey, we understand that technically the things that happen in these civilizations don't really, or aren't really connected, but we can use the modern day character, as you mentioned, as a kind of bridge to say they're technically, we're connecting all the stories. And I guess in a way, uh, Odyssey is a sequel to at least origins, you know, for the immediate character. Gotcha. And then you could probably see Valhalla, even though I'm not done with it, but Valhalla is being like the trilogy or the third entry in this like series. Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely murky waters. Like, like as you mentioned with what Ubisoft is doing with Assassin's Creed in particular, it's very odd to kind of look at that entire series and say, oh yeah, this is all one series when it kind of feels like their timepiece type of games where it's like, yeah, in this game, you're going to go to this time period in this game, you're going to go to this time period. But you know, it's just for the sake of going there and having that weird shell. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that makes it enough of a connection for you or not. Like, what do you guys think about Far Cry games? Because those are like Far Cry 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and now we're getting 6. But I've played a few of them, but I don't, I know that they're probably in a shared universe, but they're, they're separate in like entities that don't really mingle with each other, at least from my perspective. I don't know if you guys have played much of them. But, like, yeah, they're I, literally, like, everyone calls them, oh, Far Cry 6, like, the sequel to Far Cry 5. Like, what have they changed? What have they done? In that instance, do you still classify Far Cry 6 as a sequel to Far Cry 5? I don't. I mean, Tiffany also mentioned kind of, like, the story aspect, and you brought up characters in both of your time about, you know, for Avatar in particular, 
uh, Korra really is, or Legend of Korra is really a sequel, basically, by all, at least to my measures of standard, uh, a sequel to the original Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm. And looking at Far Cry, I get more of a Final Fantasy feeling. Yeah. Where the number is just kind of like indicating it's in this, like this is the type of game that it is. Like Far Cry is really known for kind of, I guess, bombastic moments. The idea of you're kind of this singular character taking down usually what's uh, a dictator, some sort of, you know, leader that's gone, you know, nutso. And you're just this lone guy or girl or character that's trying to overcome this great odd, right? Of saying, oh, yeah, we need to take down this heretic that's like ruling or dominating this land. And so in a weird way, I'd say, yes, maybe. And. I'm not sure because there are some story elements to six that make it seem like it is tied to another Far Cry. So in this case, there's more of a direct connection Mm -hmm. potentially. Um, But yeah, I don't, I would say it stays in line, but it's not really a sequel. Okay. Um, And that's kind of what's weird with Final Fantasy, right? And I think what a lot of people don't understand about Final Fantasy for the people that are completely removed, right? Even though there are 15 Final Fantasies, and technically there's a 16 coming, right, eventually, hopefully <laughs> this year, I, I pray for my fantasy critic, um, that most of them aren't connected to each other. So it is that way where you can go into Final Fantasy VII and then play Final Fantasy XII and then play Final Fantasy XV, and they're all standalone entries. So even though they share the number they're not connected in that way besides the one-offs where there are direct sequels, right? In 10, there being, as I mentioned, 10-2, and then 13 having its own trilogy. I have a question for both of you because I think everyone can see, even in today's game, you two are definitely Final Fantasy fans, like more fans of the series than I am. Do you... I know that they're all very, very separated except for the couple instances you've talked about. Do you all ever wish that when you're playing through a game and you get attached to some of these characters, do you ever wish that there would be a sequel to any game, Final Fantasy in particular? Or are you kind of happy that it's almost like a limited series in Netflix? You know, we had Queen's Gambit. One of my favorite things about Queen's Gambit was that the story is done. They can't make another season. Like, it's done. Do you guys ever feel like that with Final Fantasy? Or do you wish that the story would go on again and you have those characters coming back? That's a great question, and to be honest, um, you know, Final Fantasy X is my favorite. Final Fantasy, likely due to nostalgia, and that, you know, mm-hmm. that was my first Final Fantasy that I played and beat. I was personally thrilled with Final Fantasy X too. It was completely different. The gameplay mechanics were different. I had three girls. I could change them into any class, you know, versus the OG Ten, which, you know, Lulu was my black mage, Waka was my melee guy i guess with the ball i don't know you know all these characters had specific <laughs> roles right and then tend to really changed up the game and gave me beautiful outfit changes while playing um and so i i loved it the only thing that really kind of broke my heart was like needing to get a quote-unquote 100 percent run in order to get the true perfect ending which you like couldn't get without a guide i mean i had that guide but it was still like frustrating that that was essentially a requirement to Mm -hmm. get the final thing so that like was enough you know after that i wasn't like give me 10 3 
You know okay. what I mean? Like, I wasn't, like, another sequel. Any Some of the other games, you know, after playing Final Fantasy VII Remake, I'm really excited to play the rest of the remake. And I'm curious if that game, like, once I finish it, I wonder if I'm going to clamor for more. Um, but at this time, like, uh, you know, my shameful still having to need to finish final fantasy 15 i would imagine <laughs> that from what i hear 15 might be able to tug at my heartstrings enough to maybe want more but mm. i obviously cannot say um right now but you know this is a very different opinion than usual for me because i'm all about wanting more if i'm in love with something yeah, and I'm I'm more so on the opposite end. I think part of my, or part of the reason why I like Final Fantasy in the first place is because they're all separate entries for the most part. Um, I mean, I have played Ten Two, and I've played the entire trilogy of Thirteen. You know, a lot of people I know stop right with the original Thirteen. They're like, "Oh, this wasn't great," and so why would I bother with Thirteen Two or Thirteen Three? Um, but I think part of the draw, especially for the Final Fantasy franchise, is the fact that, as you mentioned, there are kind of these one-off, like, seasonal kind of type of entry in a show to say, hey, we know you like this overarching design of what it means to be a Final Fantasy, and every Final Fantasy game has, like, those quintessential elements of, right, there's usually some sort of L or crystals going on, and then there's some sort of, you know, prime evil that is threatening the crystals that protects the land, and so it's up to these chosen heroes in order to defeat the evil and defend the crystals. And I just like how each entry in Final Fantasy is taking a different spin on it. I know kind of later on in the entries, they've driven more away from the crystals. Mm -hmm. um, like in 15, there's briefly mention of a crystal right in the main capital city. But you kind of don't really see it besides in the movie that is like preceding the events of the game that they made for the 15. And I know kind of 16 is supposed to go back to that crystal archetype that Final Fantasy is known for. But yeah, I, I think in that case, not to say that the sequels were not as good as the first entries, like 13.2 and 13.3 compared to 13 and 10.2 to 10. But I think the strength more lies in those original entries. And even in that, you know, when you say, do you want there to be sequels? I mean, I want to bring up, you know, something I beat uh, earlier this year was Persona 5 Strikers, which, you know, for all intent and purposes, is actually a sequel to Persona 5. Mm -hmm. And in that case, I thought it was great. You know, it gave me more of the cast of Persona 5 I loved, and it extended the story and also even gave me new gameplay that's completely different. Uh, for the most part, from the original, so it even let them have a new chance to reinvent what it means to you know play Persona Five with these characters, and I thought it was a very good and fun entry, and I loved you know getting the platinum trophy for it. But for the most part, you know, I remember Atlas, the developer, released a survey kind of briefly after Persona Five came out, and they asked fans, "Hey, what do you want our next project to be?" You know, and one of the uh, a few of the options were related to doing some sort of sequel to five, but I took the survey and I specifically answered, I want a persona six and I just gotcha. want something that is new 
you know, I love the cast of Persona 5, but I want you guys to continue, you know, keeping with the Persona tradition, but also give me a new story, give me a new cast, make me want to fall in love again with the new set of characters and story rather than kind of giving me something again. And not to say that I'm always about trying to ditch the characters I've uh, played previous games with or movies or whatnot with. Sure. I'm more of a fan of... I'm more of a fan of kind of being exposed to new stories and new archetypes and saying, hey, I'm not going into this knowing that this character is like this, but more so, I don't know who any of you are, and this is a blank slate, and so now we can kind of start this journey together rather than saying, hey, I know it's been five years since the first time we met, but you're older now, and there might be a new cool, interesting story you go on, and that's great, but, you know, sometimes you want something new you want to see people you haven't seen before gotcha but yeah i mean and on that note you know i was talking about persona 5 strikers and not to say like i said uh that i didn't want it but are there any sequels that have been released you know to whatever framework you want to fit what it means to be a sequel that you shouldn't think that they've been made or not to say that they shouldn't have been made at all but you enjoyed them or you didn't enjoy them or I guess more so to say, you didn't enjoy them, so you thought it was a bad follow-up, or you did enjoy them, but maybe you thought it was unnecessary. So I have a perfect example that I'm going to throw on the table right now. I love Mulan, the Disney movie. The animated movie Mulan, beautiful movie, one of my favorites growing up, literally in love with that movie. She's one of my favorite Disney princesses. I know she's not a princess, but Disney's marketing has convinced me otherwise. Mulan 2 was not good. And I was so disappointed. I meet when I heard, you know, it was first of all, it was a direct to DVD movie. And I immediately bought it, I I think, because I I mean, how else was I going to watch it? Right. Like, I think Blockbuster was on its downturn, whatever. I got it. The movie was solely about Mulan trying to protect three princesses to help them travel to another land for them to find their husbands while Mulan is struggling with the concept of marriage with Shang because of Mm. it, you know, like, like it just wasn't great. And I was just very disappointed to be, to be honest. I don't even recall. I'm not sure that Mushu and Cricky even had much of a, part in it you know obviously they got i think they got the same they got the same voice actress ming na wen to voice mulan but like you know they didn't pay eddie murphy to you know (laughs) to voice (laughs) mushu so they probably got some secondhand voice actor like it was just it wasn't wholehearted you know what i mean like it was literally Mm -hmm. like let's cash in on this mulan character and i was just very disappointed with it 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 wasn't great I think I watched it like twice. I think I like tried to watch it again later to be like, no, it, it's not as bad as I remember. And then watching it and being like, oh. It is as bad <laughs> as I remember. I don't even remember that yeah. movie, to be honest. It was direct-to-video. Oh, gotcha. uh, Alex, do you even remember watching it? <laughs> yeah, because I remember, I think one of the things they also want to pass besides the whole idea of like protecting these princesses and the idea of like, you marry who you truly love and this is more so like an arranged marriage so it wasn't necessarily the the people they're about to marry with someone they love so yeah. it's the idea of kind of like following that yeah 
But then also, I think they wanted to kind of show the uh, turmoil between Mulan and Shang, right? Mm. Like, that was supposed to be, like, one of the other staples to say, like, yeah, the conflict between them and, right, like, the fact that they're married. They're married, No, I think, think, like, they were planning on... They were going to be married. Maybe, yes. I don't even remember. Yeah, and then they were trying to kind of resolve those differences between them before or after while they were married. Um, so I think they had ideas of trying to just portray the conflict, right? Because for the first movie, it was very action focused, right? Like it's the Huns invading. Uh, and so it's this idea of like, oh, we have to fight off this kind of invading army of uh, people. But then for this one, it's not a physical conflict, but it's more that emotional conflict. So I think at least from my perspective, kind of looking at it, on it retrospectively, it was more so them trying to spin a different type of story mm-hmm. of like, you know, Mulan can handle things physically, but can she handle things emotionally? And I guess, you know, to each their own out there, but whether or not that speaks to you as a story, I'm like, well, I didn't, I think it's a great idea kind of having a contrast between the two types of movies. But as you mentioned, it didn't seem like maybe they did the best they could in trying to get that story across. Hmm. Yeah, when when I think about something that's kind of like unnecessary, it's when you take kind of in similar fashion to Milan with Tiffany, like a very uh, close to my heart series is Banjo-Kazooie. Like that is no secret to anybody. Um, I just bought the Amiibo for Banjo-Kazooie that got released. Um, love it to death. And Banjo-Kazooie had a follow-up called Banjo-Tooie, and it actually was really good. Like, it, it was everything that I wanted out of a sequel. It just had more Banjo-Kazooie. Like, that's all I wanted out of a sequel was give me more. Give me more characters. Give me more levels. Give me more things to collect. I'll do it all. And I did. And then after that, like, when it turned into the 360 generation, Microsoft had then acquired Banjo-Kazooie as an IP. There had been rumblings about a sequel to Banjo-Kazooie, and everybody's going crazy about Banjo-3E, which people are still raging for, that Banjo-3E needs to be a thing. Um, maybe it will. Maybe it'll get announced at E3. That would be insane. <laughs> I will, like, have a full episode just about Banjo-Kazooie. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys are ready. Um, but they released a game called Nuts and Bolts, Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, which was, like, this weird 3D model of Banjo-Kazooie, and basically it turned into a collectathon, but more of a collectathon to build a cart. Like it was like more of a cart building simulation. You would collect pieces and parts, so it's kind of like the gummy ship creator in Kingdom Hearts, just as clunky as the OG Kingdom Hearts gummy ship maker. But that was the game. If you hated that part, too bad because that's the entire game that's all it was and there was some like story aspects i heard like you know like gruntilda showed up in it like there are nods to the old story but it's it was the most out of touch thing i've ever seen a game developer do and it and it was rare was out of the picture and it was microsoft taking over publishing this game and it was trash. Like, it was so bad. Everything that was great about those two games, I would much rather them just leave the IP alone. 
and wait for someone to do it when they had the time. Because now, look at them now. Like, Rare is a huge, uh, like, component of Xbox Game Studios. Sea of Thieves is, like, the biggest tentpole that they have right now. Everwild hopefully will be this summer. And, like, this would have been the perfect moment. And there would be so much more momentum going into Banjo-3E. Um, it turned into such a big thing that uh, fans kind of helped with this Kickstarter with some of the original developers of Banjo-Kazooie, and they made uh, Ukulele, which was a spiritual successor to Banjo-Kazooie, and it was awesome. It was really good. Like, it was really a, a ton of fun. So, like, that that's probably the most disappointing game development I've ever seen. It's just the most out of touch. What you guys like about it? Yeah, it has none of that. <laughs> You, you like kart racers? Too bad. You're not racing. You're actually just building the carts. It was just real bad. Yeah. I mean, something, I guess, similar in line to that of, like, wanting to create more and but not necessarily knowing how to do it or maybe doing it just in a maybe a misguided way. I mean, so for me, the kind of the onus and why I brought this up as the topic for today's episode was that recently I finished Ready Player Two. Uh, which is the sequel to Ready Player One, uh, which also had a movie uh, made of it of the same title, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. And, you know, I'm not going to go into spoilers here because, you know, I mean, the book came out last, I think, fall, so around November time. So it's, I guess, relatively still new. But in case, you know, people out there weren't aware of it and did read or watch the movie of the first and want to read the second, Ready Player Two, um, I won't spoil it here, so don't worry about it. But uh, kind of my feelings and takeaways were is that for me, it felt along the lines of uh, it didn't have the same charm that Ready Player One did and why I liked and slash loved Ready Player One. And it kind of felt more like an idea of it was the story was so open ended and he could have done so many things with it. Kind of like the idea of, you know, I guess Banjo 3 where it's like the potential is there. You know, you have an open slate. We're not really locked into anything. And I just wasn't fully satisfied with the direction that uh, he took with the story, the author. And it's the fact that it felt more of like a stepping stone to something else in the world. And I think sometimes sequels come off that way where uh, sometimes they're not meant to be that grand follow-up to the first entry and to say, oh, you know, you really like the first one, so here's a great secondary story or continuation. But it's more so to say, hey, we're going to wrap things up with kind of this one set of characters or this story, but in reality, we're also kind of creating a branch to say that we're setting up a lot of potential stories that can now be told from the, in this world and it kind of felt like to me Ready Player Two fell into that crack of saying, hey, we're we're kind of telling you a story and we're giving you an ending and it's something for you to, to uh, think about and see whether or not you like it or agree with it. But also we're going to put in a lot of stuff during the main story of this entry to say, hey, you know, we might create another and it's not going to be a trilogy per se, but it's kind of like a sequel to the second entry. Mm-hmm. So it's like setting up for the second entry to get its own sequel and kind of branching in a different direction. So, and I think that's interesting of itself, but it just kind of ruins, at least for me personally, the gravity slash importance of what that second story originally means. And so, you know, for those of you out there, if you love Ready Player One, 
I would say I'm not recommending against reading Ready Player Two, but realize that, you know, it kind of ends, at least to me, in an abrupt way, but he's more so kind of uh, setting up for a lot of what could happen in the future. Yeah, and, like, when I think of a couple other movies that may have not needed a sequel, like, I think I also occasionally think about Legally Blonde 2, um, I absolutely adore and love Legally Blonde. Like that movie made my middle school years, <laughs> high school years. Like I still hope to see the musical one day um, on Broadway or off Broadway or whatever, if they're do- doing it or not doing it. But um, I thought that Legally Blonde 2, like Red, White, and Blue, I think is the title, the tagline. It was just okay. Like yeah. I didn't need it. I mean, I love Reese Witherspoon. So she's great in in almost everything she does, but like I really didn't need that movie, um, and I thought it was just okay, you know, her taking on Capitol Hill, you know what I mean? Like it just, mm-hmm. I didn't need it. And I think that lends to a very great point that I want to just put out there. Like no matter how good, or especially no matter how bad a sequel is, I think at least from my perspective you can take away to say it will never ruin how great the first was. Mm -hmm. Right. So whatever came before it, you can just view that as like a standalone and say, I love this. And even if the second doesn't live up to your expectations or is good, but not good enough, you could say at least it can't ruin the first for me. At least that's how I try to view things. I think overall kind of that, you know, live in let live. Right. Is that the phrase turn of phrase? Live in let live. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Uh, that kind of mentality is how I want to approach it to say, hey, you know, I didn't like this, but if you make another, I wouldn't be mad. But also, you know, I I understand the tribe, but at least I have this first thing to myself. I feel like every movie that gets a sequel, or especially like trilogies or even full series, really, for that matter, there's always going to be a movie that may not be as good as the other two. Like, Lord of the Rings for me is is top-tier series, trilogy. Everything about Lord of the Rings is just fantastic. And I, I don't know if it's Fellowship of the Ring, something sentimental about it, or something how the Shire's portrayed in the very beginning. There's something really magical about Fellowship of the Ring, so it's always been such a soft spot in my heart. And then Return of the King, I feel like objectively, like just looking from academy award nominations alone like it is objectively a great film and then two towers it it's great i i still love it but like to me it almost kind of like does a little dip in the same way you know the dark knight trilogy you got batman begins it's more of a slow burn but it's a really good origin story and then like you you have the dark knight which is one of my favorite Christopher Nolan films and one of my favorite films of all time like it's it has portrayed the best protagonist antagonist relationship I've ever seen in film and ever seen in a in a in a superhero movie and then going from that high such a high peak of the dark um the dark knight to go from the dark knight rises which to me did it wasn't a letdown but it was just like sputtering off in the end it was still a good movie but Bane was just such a downward spiral from where uh, the Joker was. And for me, like, 
I worry about that when films, because film is money, like the movie industry is money, like there is some cash to be won. And something like The Joker, which I thought was a great film with Joaquin Phoenix, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was intriguing and something that was just different. That they're talking about Joker 2, and in my mind, I'm I have like this pit in my stomach where I'm like, do we need that? Do do we need that right now? And do we want to see another version of that? Um, and I kind of just wanted that origin, and I wanted that to be in its own silo. But we're getting Joker 2. It's going to happen because there's money to be had. And I hope it does okay. But there's a piece of me that thinks, I don't know if it can reach the highs and kind of that shock factor that the Joker gave in 2019 or whenever it came out. Yeah, and I have a lot of um, different, like, you know, I talked about a couple movies and I'm like, oh, we didn't need that. Like, with a lot of superhero franchises, I'm all about just give me more, give me more, give me more. Like, after I saw Shazam... I was literally like, well, I can't wait for Shazam 2. Like, you know what I mean? It was such a fun ride that I was really excited about it. Um, mm-hmm. I still struggle if I think Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is better than Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Um, there are things I love in both of those movies, but in 2, we get Baby Groot, and Baby Groot is literally my most favorite character of mm-hmm. maybe all time. Maybe it's like mm-hmm. a tie between Baymax, Baby Groot, and now Grogu. Like those are kind of my like three all-time faves. But you know there are aspects of sequels that bring out even more greatness in a story for me. And a lot of my examples of movies that I think are excellent sequels are like superhero films, mm-hmm. like Guardians of the Galaxy Two, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier I think is the best the best standalone Marvel movie mm-hmm. ever. Like if you so just literally, if you just take one movie and I'm not even telling people like you need to watch Captain America, the first Avenger. I'm literally like Captain America, winter soldier is excellent. Like mm-hmm. all you need to know is that he's a man at a time like that. That's like a one liner that I'll tell people and then throw that down. And I think that is like the best movie. Um, Another movie that I had as a good sequel is Jumanji 2 Next Level. I still need to watch that. So, like, I, you know, some people might watch it and think, we didn't need that. However, when I watched it, I was like, what a great, what a great experience. What a treat. Like, I, I very much enjoyed it because it also had the main actors or rather it had the characters have different like, they embody different characters. Gotcha. Rock, Chris Hart, Jack Black. You know what I mean? Like, Jack Black wasn't... Well, I'm, okay, Kevin I'm not going to spoil. Well, you know, they maybe get it to mix up. They're not who they were in the first movie. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I thought that that was a, a great ride. Now, d- am I saying that we need a Jumanji 3? No. Like, like <laughs> I, think I'm, I think I'm good. Like... One and two, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, don't, you don't need to make a three. Like, that's Mm -hmm. okay, you know? All right, well, I guess to wrap things up, if there is a sequel you would want to be made, so to anything, game, book, show, movie, 
what would it be? And I guess I'll start things off. And it's connected to what you just mentioned, Tiffany, with Baymax. I want a sequel to Big Hero 6. Oh, yeah. I think, and for those that don't know, actually, uh, Big Hero 6 appeared in Kingdom Hearts 3. And the story of Kingdom Hearts 3 is connected to the ending of Big Hero 6. And so there is some kind of canon storytelling happening in that world. And I think Disney has confirmed that what happens during Kingdom Hearts 3 is canon to the world of Big Hero 6 in San Francisco, San Francisco, right? Uh, And yeah, I think there's just a lot of potential there with what happens and the idea of, you know, the characters and what Baymax means to the people there and what the heroes of, you know, Big Hero 6 themselves mean to the characters of that world. And I think there's more stories that could be told as well as kind of expanding upon you know, the idea of the diversity of the characters as well as just kind of threats, you know, taking care of yourself, but also kind of what it means to, you know, care about other people really. And I, and, you know, at the end of Big Hero 6, there were some kind of fun uh, teasers, right? Obviously Stanley appears, one of them. Um, and so that was kind of neat. But uh, yeah, I just think that that world is ripe to have more stories to be told in it. And I would definitely love to see some sort of sequel or follow-up. So you almost like partially took my answer about Big Hero 6. Like they keep on making all these spinoff things. Like they have an animated show. They have like three different animated shows. They're going to make a Baymax show. So like they're like open to creating more in that world. Maybe those are sequels. Maybe those are the only sequels we get. Well, I mean, that's a whole, I feel like that's a whole nother discussion. But, you know, I want to talk about one movie that I really wanted a sequel for. And then I finally got and was so excited. And that was Wreck-It Ralph. Like, Wreck-It Ralph 2 is so good. Like, I just, I remember watching Wreck-It Ralph and just being like, I need a sequel to this. Like, when are, when is it happening? And then it finally happened. It's amazing. You know, we take little, arc, like, 80s arcade machines, that theme, and now we throw them into the internet and get that view. Such a great story. You know, great cameos. Love it, right? And then, you know, I'm thinking more about it. And I'm also, like, kind of reflecting back on Disney princess movies. I don't know that many of them are great. Like, there are a lot. Like, Cinderella 2 exists. There's a Beauty and the Beast 2. There's a Little Mermaid 2. Like, there's literally all these sequels for these uh, many of these movies. Frozen 2 is one of the better ones. You know, even though, again, I think it's overrated. Or rather, it's overhyped. Mm-hmm. But here I am speaking from like a 14 year old Tiffany. I want a Tangled too. <laughs> I want a Tangled too. Now that Frozen 2 is out, they like can prove that they can make a decent sequel. You know what I mean? Like just give me, give me Tangled 2. They made a Tangled TV show. Like they decided to make a Tangled TV show with her. Just make me a nice, crisp animated movie. You know what I mean? But here's or, my question. Okay. Does she have magic hair anymore? Because so, they cut it at the end of Tangled, right? And yes. now she's a brunette. That is so correct. So does she lose the effect of much the magic hair? Look. It is so, a much better look. I, I like how she cut it <laughs> like with like a sharp shard of glass. And it's like perfectly layered. <laughs> it's like designer hair <laughs> immediately. 
Yeah. So what's really funny is that in the animated show, they like totally try, like they retcon like how like they like talk about how she lost her hair and then she somehow got her hair back. I don't know. I watched the first episode on like a plane like four years ago. <laughs> Like, I don't actually remember what happened. But in the animated show, she has her magical hair. Um, mm. So I I think that I just I just want it. I mean, even if it's not good, I don't know. I mean, I don't want them to, like, throw me trash. But, like, I want them to try their hardest. And I just want it. Mm-hmm. Also, I feel like we just all stopped talking about these Pixar movies as options. Like, with all the sequels. I feel like there's so many there and um, I was like trying to rack my brain for a Pixar movie that I wanted a sequel for um but those escaped me because I think many Mm -hmm. of them are also very good standalone movies that don't need sequels and a lot of the ones that could use sequels did get sequels like Finding Dory yeah great great sequel that wasn't and in particular I want to shout out and I know a lot of people don't like it but Cars 2 is a great Sequel to Cars. I don't care what people say at that. It might be a hot take, but I love Cars 2. I love the Mater sub-story during Cars 2. I love, you know, the world Globetron, like, story and everything. Like, don't sleep on it. And also Toy Story 2. Amazing. Prospector Pete, what a great villain. Mm-hmm. You know, you get Jesse in there. You get Bullseye. Like, all the new characters they added, which carried, obviously, further into the future Toy Story 3 and 4 great like those characters were such good ads and made that world so much yeah i agree um yeah just so many options toy story like all of those sequels are really good i in my mind like even toy story 4 like i was kind of mad that toy story 4 was made i was like no we had a good ending just let it die let it go in the sunset and just let it die um, but it was still a really great ride. I really liked it. And the creepy dolls, they're really creepy. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, I kind of already alluded. I actually did not mean to talk about Banjo-Kazooie because I really wanted Banjo 3, but I guess the passion just overflowed into a, a earlier segment. But, um, <laughs> I'm going to pick something a little bit more boring because I know it's coming and it might come this year and it might come next year. But I want the caveat of how I want this sequel to happen, and that's Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild, I want it to be Breath of the Wild Part 2, or 2. I want it to be weird. I want it to be a weird sequel, and I don't want it to just be a reskin or a bigger map or a different map with the same mechanics. Because I feel like Legend of Zelda, the best moments in Legend of Zelda is when they use that same engine and they do something wild with it, do something different with it. And you know I'm talking about Majora's Mask because Majora's Mask, following up Ocarina of Time as a sequel itself, it was following the same character of time that went off onto his own adventure and then fell into this terribleness with the the Skull Kid and everything, and Majora's Mask then came about. That weirdness is what Legend of Zelda is all about. And I feel like Breath of the Wild was really good. It was a very good game. It's a it's probably the best game I haven't finished in my entire library. But it's something about using what they have, the world that they have and the, the characters and everything, and making it weird. Having some weird mechanic would be amazing. 
um, and using the assets that they have. And I'm surprised they haven't already released Breath of the Wild. Um, but I think you know COVID had a lot of things to do with that. But as far as a sequel that we know that's coming, my biggest worry for Breath of the Wild Part 2 is that they play it safe and they just do the same thing over again. And I think it'll score well, like it'll score nines and tens probably if they do this exact same thing. But I want them to be inventive. I want them to do things because honestly, like the climb mechanic and the the using your shield as a way to slide down hills and, and the glide and all these things that you see ever since Breath of the Wild came out, they're in like every open world game now. Like even looking at Horizon, Horizon uh, Zero Dawn sequel, or Horizon Forbidden West, who which who knows when that's coming out, I guess. Um, maybe this year, maybe next year. Same time, a but, month before or like a week before Breath of the Wild 2, just like last time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but there were mechanics that were just taken out of Breath of the Wild because it was doing something new and inventive. And I just hope that they keep that chain going and if they want to do majora's mask in breath of the wild style by all means do it i'd be happy i i really just want zelda to be the main character i mean i know zelda's been the main character in some like the handheld uh legend of zeldas but like i want titular zelda to be who you play as as opposed to link in these you know console mainline games Mm -hmm. because you know it's like she does stuff too. Like Zelda is an important character, right? She's part of the Triforce, right? So I'm like, yeah, I, I want her to be more meaningful. I want to go through what her trials and tribulations are rather than just links, you know, ha ha, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. Because even like another series that I would love to get rehashed is Sly Cooper. And I, I do think we'll see Sly Cooper again on PS5. I hope at least. Um, but going from the Thievius Raccoonist to Sly 2, um, I can't remember the name of it. I don't think it's Band of Thieves. I think that's Sly 3. Um, but going from that, the first game, you're just Sly. And then the second game, you get to switch between him and his two friends. And like that mechanic was so much fun and like a way to revolutionize that series for me. And it would be cool to have something like that, like even just to bring back that mechanic. It's like maybe, you know, Zelda is this awesome magic character and she like maybe has like way better long range, maybe weaker short range. And then like so depending on the fight, you can kind of switch them out even kind of like, uh, I don't, well, I, I guess it's kind of like Final Fantasy VII Remake where you can like switch between party characters. Oh, you got a turret up there. Let me switch to Barrett and shoot that turret, you know. Uh, it'd be cool. I just hope they're inventive and not make it a safe bet. All right, Nintendo, you heard Matt. Reinvent yourself. I feel don't, like half, don't go with the status quo. <laughs> I feel like half of when Alex goes, "All right," when and then like he's always talking Nintendo, and it's always me talking trash yeah. to Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's always you. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm just making note, you know, so when Nintendo goes back and listens to this episode of the podcast that they're like, "All right, Matt, we understand you have some uh quarrel with us, quarrel with us. So, uh let's uh let's settle things." Yeah, and maybe exactly. when we reveal uh Breath of the Wild 2, hopefully it meets your expectations. Yeah. All right. And I'd say with that, we've come to the end of this episode 
of the RXP podcast about sequels, you know. And for you listeners out there, if you have sequels you want to recommend or you have thoughts about what is a sequel, what may or may not be a sequel, what makes a sequel, what makes a bad sequel, good sequel, and whatnot, please write in to rxp.podcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at rxp underscore podcast and let us know your thoughts. And also while you're at it, make it a sequel by recommending the show to a friend, you know, and have a, have them listen to it too. So now we have two listeners, right? So be for the person you recommend to be the sequel to you listening to this episode. Your friend is now your sequel <laughs> to, to, as a listener. But with that, until next time, take care. I didn't major in math. Oh, Hydra. Oh, goodness me.